0: Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage, simple, affordable, reliable.
1: This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 1252. What does buying a new car really cost over the years? By JL Collins of JLCollinsNH.com. And I'm Dan, I'm your host. Welcome back or welcome for the first time if you're just bouncing around your podcast app and just found us. This is where I read to you from some of the very best blogs on personal finance every single day, and that includes weekends and holidays. And this isn't the only show where we do that. We've actually got five different shows where we have this same format covering different topics. And to find much more, search for Optimal Living Daily, wherever you're hearing this. But for now, let's get right to it as we continue optimizing your life. What does buying a new car really cost over the years? By J.L. Collins of jlcollinsnh.com Our trusty and faithful 2007 Subaru Forester left this morning with his new family. He was 12 years, 8 months old, with 160,773 miles on the clock. In exchange, we were left with 45 small pieces of green paper. Vicky and Jeff are readers of this blog, and they bought Steve for their son, whose 1998 Civic died of rust poisoning. He'll go first to Vermont while their son finishes college and then on to West Virginia for graduate school. We are thrilled that he's found a new home with people who appreciate him. We bought Steve new on my wife's birthday in 2007. Paid cash, of course. He has been, in my judgment, an outstanding car. But he has not been one of those cars people claim to have run for two to three hundred thousand plus miles with no attention other than oil changes and tires. I confess I am deeply suspicious of such claims and chalk them up to selective memories. The same as I do when I hear the claims of people having bested the Las Vegas casinos or having outpaced the index with their stock picking. It's easy to fool ourselves. This is a minor reason why I keep spreadsheets on my investments and on my cars. The major reason is I am just warped enough to enjoy such things. For example, I tracked every drop of gas run through him and you can see how this mileage varied from year to year. I tracked annual depreciation and the opportunity cost at 5% of the capital tied up in him, as well as repairs and maintenance. Now, it would be fair to point out that I have a tendency to overmaintain my cars. For instance, in 2013 and again in 2016, I took him in to have door dings and scratches removed to keep him looking handsome. And did he really need those expensive new struts in 2017? Probably not. Plus, I don't do any of the work myself, and that adds to the cost. So the case might be made that the repair costs could have been significantly lower, but we're looking at not what might have been, but what actually was, and that makes line 25, the total, especially striking. In total, we spent $67,003 over the approximately 13 years we owned him, an average of $5,154 per year. The first five years, the highest depreciation ones, were all above that average. In fact, the annual cost doesn't dip below it until 2012. No surprise there. The lowest cost years were 2015, $2,911, 2016, $3,590, and 2019, $3,873. Each was after the big depreciation years early on, as you might expect and hope, but so were the two most expensive years, 2013, $6,463, and 2017, $6,115. In a previous post, Why We Bought a Brand New Car, I made this assertion. To be clear, if you are on the road to F.I., you should not be buying new cars. And I pointed you to the Frugalwoods, saying, In fact, as Mrs. Frugalwoods explains so well in a recent post, you shouldn't even be buying a newer, low-mileage used car. But is it true? Well, as my friends at Millennial Revolution say, let's math this up. We've already determined that buying Steve new has cost $67,003 over about 13 years, which is $5,154 per year. What if we had bought him three years old at the beginning of 2010 with 41,721 miles? That would come out to $50,243 over about 10 years or $5,024 per year. How about if we waited until he had 100,000 miles? That would put him at the beginning of 2015 with 104,341 miles. And that would equal $21,992 spent over about five years or 4,398 per year. Why so much lower? Well, in those last five years, we enjoyed three of the least expensive years, even while enduring the second most expensive one in 2017. Let's get crazy. What if we only kept him for the first three years and then bought new again, you know, like normal people? Here are those numbers, $16,760 over about three years, which is 5,587 per year. So what does this all mean? Well, a few things jump out at me. In 2013 and 2017, we had years that cost over $6,000, more than any of the first five big depreciation years. Even so, the average yearly cost dropped the older Steve got. Buying Steve new and running him for a long time was cheaper than if we'd moved on after three years, but more expensive than if we had bought him at three years old or at 100,000 miles. Do those last two bullet points mean that buying new and running a car into the ground is the more expensive choice? Well, this data set can't tell us. Steve still has many more years of useful life left and the cost trend is down. Vicky tells me her son is warped like me and is likely to keep this spreadsheet running. If he does, maybe in a few years he'll share it. There are also a few factors to consider that might make Steve an unrepresentative illustration. As already noted, I tend to overmaintain maintain my cars. Someone doing just the necessary stuff would have still lower costs in the later years. Also, Steve is the base model Forester, as is Steve 2.0, so the depreciation hit over the years is less. As I explained in my last post, most cars have a wide price spread between models, and the 2020 Forester is no different. The MSRP for them ranges from $26,000 to $36,000. That's a 10000 or 38% difference between them. Each year, that difference will shrink on the used car market until somewhere 7 to 10 years out, a used Forester is a used Forester, and the price difference is solely based on miles and condition. Indeed, for some cars, the simpler versions might just become more desirable and command a higher price. And Subarus are modestly priced cars to start with, and historically hold their value better than most. The cars that tend to depreciate the most are the expensive premium brands and the highest option models of the others. The moral? If you want to buy new, you'll be hurt less with a base model of a mid-level car. If you want all the luxury options, and or a premium brand, buy used. Those take the biggest appreciation hit, and thereby give you the most reward for buying used. Of course, they are likely to need more and more expensive repairs as they age. Well, this has been fun to work through, and I confess, I wasn't sure how the numbers would fall out. As Christy and Bryce say, it pays to math that up. You just listened to the post titled, What Does Buying a New Car Really Cost Over the Years? by J.L. Collins of JLCollinsNH.com.
0: Looking to part ways with complicated, expensive, and uncertain shipping? Then give your business the edge it needs with USPS Ground Advantage Shipping from the United States Postal Service. Keep everything simple with clear, upfront pricing and no unexpected surcharges. Keep things affordable M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash O-F-D for your extended 30-day free trial.
1: And that should do it for today. Hope you have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you back here for the Friday show tomorrow. That's where your optimal life awaits.